What's up, guys? Welcome back to uh, the Nerd Enthusiast Poker Podcast. We're back with uh, another couple episodes for you guys with uh, Anthony Itahogi, Brian, no nickname, Keen. Well, hold on. Real quick, <laughs> public service announcement. <laughs> so the last time we recorded, I referred to myself as Brian, the man Keen, <laughs> and I proceeded to receive a whole lot of negative press on referring to myself as the man Keen. So from now on, I'm going to be Brian, not the man, Keen. Not so, the man. So I've gotten a nickname. It's going to be not the man. I am <laughs> humble. I am nowhere near the man. Okay. I'm a total nerd. I was just nervous in the moment. It was my first actual podcast filming. So to everyone out there, you haters, you trolls, I'm now not the man. Okay. All move right. On. Moving on. All right. So we thought um, that it would be cool. We, got, we stole this idea from... Matt and Jenny, so we got to give them a shout out first uh, on the other podcast on Nerd Enthusiast. We thought it'd be cool to do a little introduction to get to know your podcast host. So what we've done is we've wrote down ten questions each, kind of poker somewhat related, in one way or another, maybe, maybe not. Um, that we're going to ask each other. Now here's the kicker: I don't know what he wrote, and he doesn't know what I wrote. So we're going to go back and forth. So I'm kind of scared to see because. I don't know what's going on in his mind. So yeah, we'll I see. went a little off script. I got some <laughs> poker and then some other ones, but they're nothing's going to get too wild or too crazy. Okay, so this is uh, get to know your host, so you can uh, have the honors of asking first. All right, so we'll start with a poker-related question. What site, online site, do you prefer, WSOP or PokerStars? Uh, currently, I prefer WSOP. Because I like the I like PokerStars software better, but the shared player pool is just where it's at right now. I mean, the prize pools are so much better in WSOP. We're from New Jersey, so we are lucky to play uh, with combined player pools with like Pennsylvania. I'm not not Pennsylvania yet. Vegas, Nevada, um, Delaware, and New Jersey. I would say before you know Black Friday. Some of you old-time grinders, um, I think Stars probably would have been my preferred yeah. site of choice. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm in the same kind of boat. Uh, WSOP is definitely, I'd say, light years ahead of, you know, Stars or even Borgata, Party, whatever you want to refer now, to it as. I'm going to tell you this. That might change if we ever get the merger deal with Pennsylvania. Because right now in Pennsylvania, PokerStars is the only site operating in Pennsylvania. And they make as much profit every month just off that one site, their only site in Pennsylvania, as New Jersey, all the operators do to combine. So we might see huge prize pools, but, I mean, yeah. who knows? All right, I'm going to do the next one. Go ahead. All right, so uh, sticking to – well, this one's Vegas. So what's your favorite place to eat in Vegas? Hmm. We've been a lot of places out there. Yeah. If they had a favorite or not, um, there's actually one place. It's kind of a little bit off the beaten path. It's called Hot Doggery. Okay. Um, I don't think I've ate there. Where's it's a. At? I can't remember exactly where Same it is. It's um, it's on the strip, but it's kind of like tucked into a little nook. It's a specialty hot dog place. <laughs> um, listen, I am <laughs> come, I, come to the back alley. Dude. <laughs> you know, come to the listen, back alley. You go in there up. and they have like all different types of hot dogs. It's like perfect for hangovers. I'm. Big on when I'm hung over eating hot dogs. Hot um, doggery, yep, Las Vegas. Three, si three, five, four, five. It's between South. like two casinos. South Las Vegas. I, oh, it's oh, the it's, link. 
It's between, it looks like Flamingo and Harris. Yeah, the Link Promenade. Okay. Listen, you're in Vegas, you like hot dogs, check it out. They're kind of like gourmet dogs. They're really, really good. <laughs> it's well worth the money. And if you're hungover, it's it's, it's perfect for you. So. And, if, and if you're hot doggery and you're listening right now and you want to sponsor us, that's cool. Yeah, hot so. doggery. <laughs> uh, for me, I don't even know it's there anymore. I think it's still there. I mean, I haven't been there since COVID, so who knows what's hell's open and what's not anymore. But um, I'm actually going to look it up if it's still there. There used to be... Again, I don't think. Oh yeah, it says it's still there. There's an oyster bar in Harris. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, so it's like a bar, but the middle's all ice. So mm -hmm. instead of having like the alcohol, it's all ice with seafood, and you literally just tell the bar, well, the bartender, but you literally tell the chef what you want. They take out like the fresh seafood and they cook it for you right there. So that place is a pretty cool place. All right, you're up. What do you got for me? Uh, all right. Well, sticking with food, which do you like better? Burger King or McDonald's? Uh, so I've pretty much given up most fast food. I haven't eaten at either. Oh, yeah, uh, that's because you're not eating meat, right? Yeah, so I tried the Impossible Burger at Burger King about six months ago, and it ruined my weekend, dude. It just, ah, really? Um, I would say McDonald's because I like their McFlurries. I still go there once in a while on my cheat day for McFlurries. So we're going to have to go with McDonald's on this one. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat, especially once you have kids. <laughs> McDonald's Happy is like, meal. oh my God, it's so clutch. Same thing. I didn't really eat fast food for years and years and years, but as soon as you have kids, everything goes out the window. You pretty much go whatever's quick and easy. So uh, um, go ahead, you're up. Simple one here. For tournaments or cash? Oh, uh, it's easy. Um, actually, it's not really that Yeah, because I was trying to think. I was like, I don't know. I think it kind of goes a little both ways here. I don't know. I mean, I am. I love cash games just because you can pick up at any time, and I think it's a lot more social. Like, yeah. um, or it was. We'll talk about that later. My, I, I would say probably cash only for that aspect. Nothing's worse than sitting at a tournament for ten hours and like busting right before day two, or like <laughs> busting in like a brutal fashion. Where with cash, it's like, all right, I lost my two hundred dollars or my three hundred dollars buying is it's not really that big a deal um but i would definitely say if, I, if i'm going to play live poker it's it's, it's definitely cash. cash okay so yeah, i'm torn cash. i'm tournaments for me it's tournaments for sure i like playing a little bit low limit cash like i've enjoyed it more and more and funny thing is i've been pretty profitable on like the one two one three mostly one three games i don't know why i mean i guess there's slight differences but over the last like two years just tracking some of my one three status like it's actually been pretty decent it's actually saved me a couple trips it's been my one three games, uh, but tournaments is definitely for me. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. So, playing cards. Do you prefer faded spade or copag? So I, I like the faded spade. Actually, I have these right here because we have our poker league tonight. I'm not promoting this. I swear. Uh, I like the faded spade four color decks. I like the four color decks on the mm. faded spade. Look, I think copag also has the four color decks too, but. Uh, so I would say I'm a fan of both, but I like the four color deck better. Just from playing online, I think it just adjusted more for me. Yeah, I'm gonna go against that. You like I guess, Yeah, I I don't prefer the four color decks. They're really ah. confusing for me. Yeah. Um, I like the traditional, you know, regular playing cards. Uh, and I think Copagla puts out a good product, so I guess we're we're at odds in that one. No oh, good. Um. All right. So this is a this is a loaded question. Okay, ready? 
Would you rather win the main event once, but then never cash ever again? Jesus. The WSP main event. Yeah. Or would you rather be the most profitable player, tournament player ever, but never win a tournament ever? be win the main event this once but yeah. then you would never cash if people Listen, trash you for the rest of your life that's the definition of my <laughs> poker career at this point i have some solid wins but not consistent wins so if i won the main event once that would wipe out and put me in like a higher echelon i, w I don't care if i'd never cash again i probably would never play poker again if i won like eight million what would the point there's yeah. no point i think that's like the peter eastgate like he just kind of won he played a little cash at the word and then he was like ah screw this I think some people kind of get they, they hit that peak and they're just like you know what's next unless you're gonna play like the super high rollers like if you're chasing like that thrill it's like maybe not there anymore yeah it would definitely be and the prestige that comes at winning the main event okay like you get the whole year of just positive press and good publicity you come back for the next year at the, you know at the series and everyone's like in awe of you <laughs> you know what i mean that's all i would need i could go out like a star after that and like i said eight mil like I'm not going to make 8 mil over a lifetime. I have like 40,000 in earnings now. I've been playing both for like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Getting off the poker. Now you're an 80s, 90s kid. Um, Arnold or Stallone? Oh, Arnold. Definitely Arnold, man. Terminator. Definitely. I mean, listen, I know. Wait, so wait, are you right? Yeah, but that's a good one for you. Yeah, it is a difficult one for that was, me. That's difficult for you. Uh I love Terminator, so I would have to go with Arnold. I mean, obviously the Rocky films are your shit, so yep. that's up there. Yep. But I don't know, man. Arnold, I have, dude. I literally have an Arnold motivational poster in my room. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. My workout room, I have one. Um. So wait, who is it for you? I, I'm leaning more towards Arnold, just because he really? had he had a lot. I think he had a lot more and a lot better action movies. Mm -hmm. Um, when we were growing up, you know, Predator. Yeah. The Terminator movies. The Running Man. I mean, you can keep going on. Total Recall. Uh, obviously, my favorite movies are, you know, Rockies. Uh, Sloan Ghost. had Over the Top, though, so we have to yeah, remember that one. Tango and Cash, it's a classic. <laughs> so, um, Cliffhanger, come on. But I have to go with my man Arnold. Uh, All right. So, What is the best kept secret that you've learned about in Vegas from all the years you've gone there? The best kept secret? A little, it's a little on the spot. Trying to think something maybe random that you like found or. Oh, that's yeah, pretty simple. Really? I mean, I don't know if it's really a secret, but the Flamingo Poker Room has some of the best <laughs> poker games yeah. in all of Vegas. We we joke about this too. If you're a low limit player like us, like if you're looking for like five ten games or you're looking for the high roller shit, like that's not it. But if you're like a regular Joe, which ninety five percent of us are, and you're heading out to Vegas, I agree one hundred percent. Flamingo poker room cash game is just like, it's it dude it is well I don't know about the rest of the year but I can definitely say during the World Series yeah. of poker mm -hmm. it's literally some of the worst players yeah. I think we probably made more pro we definitely have made more profit there than playing in tournaments one hundred percent absolutely one hundred percent that's what I'm talking about like I'll I'll lose like buy-ins like I'll lose a couple grand in tournament buy-ins and I'll make up like three fourths of it and I'm like man it wasn't that bad of a week I made up the flamingo cash exactly room. yeah. yeah. Yeah, that Flamingo yep. Cash Room is definitely, um, yeah, there is some really profitable spots. What's great place. about it is we only go there once a year. But when we go back, 
all the reg dealers are still there are still there and they all remember who we like hey brian what's going on <laughs> like like we're regs to them because they see us for those you know, that week or 10 days like every night or every day just grinding <laughs> yeah. and they're like oh what's going on it's you all guys back again what's also awesome man now i'm missing Vegas even more is when we're sitting there right and like so there if you've never seen it it's open and then the, the strip is like if we're sitting here playing the strip is like that way right behind there probably about uh 50 yards away not even and so what's funny is when one of your buddies busts out of a tournament and they make the walk of shame like into the poker room and you're like ah you busted yeah. It, oh. <laughs> so yeah dude that, that is a good one and uh, then they have that free roll at the like if you play so many hours in a week like if they play like I don't even know, like 15 or yeah. 50 hours like or something like that. like a 15 grand free roll <laughs> yeah. or something every yeah. Friday. or I don't even know what it is. But, yeah, that, that's um, yeah, that's a good one. Um, let's see. So, back to poker. And I think I might know the answer to this one. Live poker or online poker? You know what, dude? It's not. It's not that easy. I, like, thoroughly enjoyed both. And so, the thrill of winning a live tournament outweighs oh and online yeah, yeah, yeah but i've had more success online i stream obviously i enjoy it more i have a community that i like you know engage with so it's like i don't know i i equal i like equally love both for different aspects of each that's i don't have a clear answer for that i don't prefer one or the other and i think i balance it too like so i play back pre-covid i would play a tournament series like every month i would make a plan at least one or two days to go to like a major event we were lucky in here in the northeast we had something going on literally yeah, every month real. so i always made a plan to make it and then i play you know home games which i also love i don't know i just love all aspects of it and it just weighs it out so like it breaks up the grind so instead of grinding for like all month online i take a couple of days off and i go play live i don't know i like them both yeah i don't have a clear answer I mean, mine is 100% live, if I had to answer it. Um, uh, yeah, I know that, yeah. I'd say, like, maybe back in college, again, pre-Black Friday, I would prefer, you know, the online game. And I think that's just because, you know, I don't want to say we had an edge, but I felt like I was, a, I was a better, I was a more winning player back then than I am now. And I think because the learning curve there's so many better players online yeah um i don't play cash online at all because it's just it's too oh yeah no mm -mm. and i think the other thing that maybe you experienced more was that online pre-black friday was like you could do a 20 dollar tournament and change your life like you could do a yeah, 20 dollar yeah, tournament yeah, yeah, yeah. and win fifty thousand dollars. yeah no like you're right 20 bucks you know like now you might win like five grand or four grand which is awesome yeah but like you know back full tilt days they literally had those like ten dollar rebuys first place like seventy five thousand off ten bucks like how is this even possible yeah. it was like you know so it was more thrilling to make a deeper run yeah um all right who is the most oh, i don't know where this because i have notes the most what celeb or poker player celeb it could be a real celebrity or poker player celebrity have you met that has made you all struck in life? It doesn't have to be in Vegas, just anywhere. It's like, who was the like the celeb you ran into or poker player you ran into that you just like, oh, shit. you know, like really was like, wow. You were like all struck, like, like a little kid. Oh, um, hmm. I mean, I don't want to say, it might come across the wrong way, but like, Maria Ho, like, all 
right, so I'm gonna have to end. Yeah, I'm gonna have to add in another question because that was a that was another question. I right? mean, look, I was playing like two years ago at the series next to this dude. And he was talking about her like he knew her. And I'm like, what? He's like, yo, you want to meet her? And I was like, no, no, I don't want to meet her. Like, he was dead serious. But, like, I have, like, a mini, mini crush. Mini crush so that was, that, was a future que- that was a two-part question, I guess, because I had a poker crush question. Like, so. listen, there's a lot of attractive women that play poker. But um, she stands out as one of the, you know, and she's a really good player. Like, the chick crushes, you know what I mean? So that would probably be, be it. All right, we're going to have to add another question in here, though. Off the top of my head. Okay. Haven't met her though, so Maria. Oh, that, I know yeah, you're not yeah. watching, but if you happen to come across this and you ever want to meet me, tweet me at Brian Keen O five one three on Twitter. Is that my Twitter handle? I think that's my handle. It'll be in the comments, Maria. I love you. Um. All right, so switching gears. Again, we grew up eighties, nineties. You know, best era of probably a lifetime. Eighties is definitely. Better video game system growing up. Hmm. Nintendo, NES, or Sega Genesis? Uh, Nintendo. I mean, Sega was cool. I actually just watched a documentary on talking about uh, Sega when they were talking about it. um, How they branded it and stuff like that. Um, Sega had that, like, cool edge for, like, a minute. Like, oh, (laughs) shit, he's got a Sega. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was cool. Like, you had, like, for a second, but... I think overall, legacy-wise, I mean, Nintendo was just... I mean, there's just so many classic games, and I thoroughly enjoyed more. There's more Nintendo games that I enjoyed than Sega. I mean, yeah. there's a couple, but I actually just tweeted on the Nerdthusiast. Did you see it? Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Yeah, Dude. yeah, I saw it today. I saw that picture, and I was like, man, that just... Sometimes you see this nostalgia, and it just brings you... Yeah. Like, like a memory that you, like, would never have thought about ever again, and all of a sudden you're like, The first wow. thing I came when I was with Big Babies. <laughs> <laughs> You're waddling all around, you're shooting with the bazooka. <laughs> Listen, if you guys are interested with Nerd Enthusiast video game podcast, we yes. got one. Uh, touches on new games, old games, retro games. Um, you're right though with Sega. If you had a Sega, it always branded as like the badass. Yeah. And it touched on that in in that documentary because I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I watched the same. Yeah. Thing. Which one was it? Um, high score. Yeah, high score on yeah, Netflix. They talk yep. about how they like really were like really over the top like going after nintendo and making them seem like they were the like little the kid little version. kid version yep yeah. yep but i mean come on i i at one time had like close to 500 different regular nintendo games i'm a nintendo nerd i have a switch i've had every system i still have every system so um nintendo all the way yeah nintendo definitely my kids still they're all on the switch now i mean they they do you know the products are so good yep um all right, what is the first time you remember ever playing poker? It doesn't have to be, like, in a casino. Like, I mean, like, the first, even as a little kid, like, what's the first time you remember, like, playing cards for, like, some form of currency or cookies or, like, could be anything, like mm-hmm. candy, pennies? When was the first time That's you remember? That's actually a good one. Yeah. Um, I remember growing up, my grandmom, she taught me how to play five-card draw poker as, like, you know, eight or nine playing for like pennies. Okay. Um, and then we actually played for like you remember what tiddlywinks? You know what tiddlywinks mm-hmm. are? Yeah, yeah. You would like snap yep, them. Yep. Yeah. We used to like kind of set up chips and we would play like betting. They're like basically that. like little mini chips. They're little like mini chips. Yeah. Yep. And that's the first time I remember ever playing like regular poker. But then back then, this is what kind of screwed me up when I first started playing is that 
you could make like like a like a straight uh-huh. using like a king and jack an ace a two oh, and three. up and down yeah, up and down so like the first time i played hold them i had like <laughs> <laughs> a three high straight off of the queen <laughs> and i'm like straight and everyone's like ah dude it doesn't work like that <laughs> so needless to say when i first started playing texas hold'em i got my ass kicked <laughs> wait so when, when was that though when was the first time you remember oh that was college i know yeah. but do you remember like what it was or where you were it was like um in the apartments at stockton university now but it was stockton college at the time um whose apartment shout out it? to the ospreys who shot uh, do you remember i don't even remember but i know jim higgins played with T- higgins um and he was like he was like the shark then. He knew how to play. He had yeah. been in AC. He was playing, and I just remember like a little five dollar tournament and just automatically getting hooked. Like I think the first time. Okay, so first time I ever played was in fifth grade that I remember, and I played. We were playing like the end of school, like one of those last school days. Yeah, that's the first time I remember ever like that I can physically remember playing. I kind of remember playing at my grandma's too, but I don't know if that was after that or before then, at her kitchen table. But around the range. So those are the first two memories I have. College, you guys got into it first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but I didn't jump into it right away. Like, it didn't catch me right away. And then you guys were all playing, and I kind of was like, okay. And side note, Chris Moneymaker yep. won it, and he was our same fraternity that me and Brian yep, were in. Yep, yep, In uh, college. So, I count. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it, uh, it caught our eyes later. But I remember you guys were all into it. And I was working at the Flying Cloud, which doesn't exist anymore. It was a seafood restaurant in Atlantic City. And so you guys were all into it. And I remember, I think the first place I... Wait, did you live with Brian Gray or no? No, no, no. Chuck, Chuck and them. Later. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I think the first time I ever played was in Brian Gray's apartment. And I remember like either that day or the day before I was working the Flying Cloud. And you guys invited me to play. And I was like, yeah, I'll play. It was like a $5 tournament. Like you guys were playing. You guys already had like a month or two knowledge on me. So I was like a couple months behind. Yeah, you were the new blues in the the straight with the three. Yeah. (laughs) So, but here's the thing. And this is probably what screwed me up for life. But so I remember being the flying cloud and JT Money, um, he knew how to play too. Like he knew the basics. I'm like, JT, explaining. We were on like break because it was slow. So we were using sugar packets and he was explaining to me like the blinds and like all this stuff. I knew like a straight, a flush. I knew that stuff. Yeah. I don't know, you know, the details, but I knew like the basics. Um, and so I remember I either came in first or second at Brian's Gray's house, but you guys kept shitting on me because I was playing like queen four and I would hit like a queen and I like bet all the way. And then you guys like, how do you bet all that? Like that. I remember like Brian Gray's talking shit on me the whole time. Beginner's luck. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just hitting everything and I'm like, I don't know. I got a pair. I'm just going to go with it. Right. Yep. yep. But that was the first place, uh, I remember like really playing for like cash. That was what? 2003. Yeah. 2003. All right. Uh, that was your question. You're this up. You're my, up. Um, okay. This is like a lose-lose question, oh, but geez. I feel like everyone has a preference. Okay. Which would you rather lose with, aces or kings? I'd rather lose with aces because it's, I mean, not going to say it's out of my control, but it's like, dude, if you get it all in in a spot where, like, let's say the board's like, jack nine five and like you know you get it all in on the flop right or something i you know there's so many variables but let's say you just get it on the flop and the dude has um i'm trying to think how i'll explain it i think 
there are spots where you can get away with kings. Like, you can, like, fold kings in certain spots. Like, po definitely post-flop. Yeah. And lose, like, comfortably. But, like, I'm trying to think how to explain this. So, like, if I had kings on a spot and I'm like, shit, I should have laid this down. I knew I should have laid this down. You know, whatever. It's like, I, I blame it on myself. Yeah. But with aces, I'm like, what am I going to do? Exactly. Well, I'm not laying the spot down. You yeah. Know I mean? So, if I lose yeah. in that spot, I lost a spot. And, like, maybe there's a... You know, a spot there's like a four card flush on board and I have to fold or whatever. But I think just, yeah, I'd rather lose with aces because I feel better about myself and like, be like, what was I going to do? Yeah, You're, it's out of your control, really. Yeah, basically. Yeah, mm -hmm. yep, I agree. Um, what's the thing you miss most about Vegas 2020 since we couldn't go this year? Oh, man. I mean, I, I kind of already said it. And we we, we talked about before. It's like the Flamingo. Like yeah. the Flamingo cash games. Just, just that whole atmosphere. I mean, look, we don't make millions of dollars or even hundreds of thousands of dollars, but I'd say we're loyal to to a fault. At least I am. Mm -hmm. One of the first Vegas experiences that I had was staying at the Flamingo in my mid twenties. And look, I've stayed other places. I've stayed at the Richie Richie joints. And I've stayed at the ba bottom of the barrel, like the old strip. <laughs> yeah, we've stayed in closet. Literally, <laughs> we had, the first time we were in Vegas together, we literally stayed in a closet. <laughs> on an old place that's not on uh, Fremont Street anymore. Literally, it was this room is about three times the size of yeah, it right now. Yeah, um, I had alcohol poisoning in there. <laughs> I probably should have went to the hospital. That's a whole lot. We should make that a story. <laughs> like we should have future ones. Story time. Vegas story time. Because we got a couple. Um, but yeah, like I, I just find myself having the most fun when I stay at the Flamingo on the Strip in not like the the most expensive place or or the most off the beaten path or even like off the strip. Like it's just the atmosphere. It's right in the center. That's what I miss. I mean, that the land and then, and then the taxi ride or the Uber to, to the Flamingo and, and then all just, hyped just up. all yeah. that. Yeah. I miss all that. I was, um, so I was actually invited on a podcast last month. It's called the better's life. If you want to check it out guys, it's on, um, better's life. But we talked about this and he's asked me where I stayed and he kind of, I think, I don't know if he kind of was like, what? Like he was kind of thrown back when I said the Flamingo. And like you said, dude, like, I don't know. Like, here's the thing. One, I don't, I mean, I like the Rio for the fact that if I like bust out of the tournament, I can go right up to my room yeah. or if we're mm -hmm. on break yep, and I got to yep. use the bathroom, I can go use my room real quick, grab a snack. I can relax and lay down on my couch or whatever up in the room. But at the same time, you're surrounded by like all bad beat players that are just complaining. Yeah. Like, ah. like the Flamingo like removes you from that Rio, like depressing atmosphere after you lose. And it's like the pool party's going on. Yep. It's like a twerk contest. <laughs> yeah. Like there's yeah. a DJ outside the pool. You're yeah. like, all right, there's flamingos. I don't know. It's just, yeah. So it's, it's kind of in the center too. Like it's right in the yeah, middle. It's right you can literally middle walk everything. to everything. And Caesar's right across the, right across the way. You got the Venetian down, you know, a little bit of a walk, but it's still within walking distance. Like a lot of the bigger, the bigger casinos with like decent poker rooms are all within walking distance. You yeah. know, obviously, you're, if you're going to the Rio, you gotta take a you know take an Uber or a cab or whatever. I've but... walked to the Rio depressingly before. So that's, <coughs> um, a, that's a story for another. That's a good time. question. I like that question. Um, all right, this is kind of like an open-ended one. I did have which where do you prefer, but you asked the question, it got me to change that up. Do you remember the first time you went all in? At a casino. Uh, I remember my first casino trip was the Regatta. I so 
first casino trip, I mean, I, I lost, so I definitely went all in there. So that, that would be the first time. That was when the old Borgata poker was downstairs where, like, the lounge is now. Yeah, yeah, where the food court yeah. is. So that was the first time I remember. And so I remember it was, like, right around Christmas time. And I think me and Morosi, actually, coincidentally, who is the CEO of Nerdthusiast, we went together because I called him up because he was into it, too, because he was hosting the games. And I had been playing now for about a month or two back at school because we came back to school that fall, and then I started getting into it heavy. Because you guys were playing all summer. Yeah. That summer before. You guys were playing all summer because Moneymaker got popular. You guys were playing all summer. I didn't jump into it till like, maybe October range. You were also late turning 21. You're one of the later guys. Like, yeah. You're July. I was May. It, it had to be November or December. I, go, I went there, and I just got smoked. Like, we yeah. played... I don't even know what it was. It's probably two four. I'm I'm assuming it was. I think it was two four. We played uh -huh. limit, and I just got cleaned out for like seventy bucks, and I was like, "This is the worst thing ever." <laughs> <laughs> seventy bucks. That's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> I remember calling Rosie. I'm like, "Let's go." I just like watch rounders. I'm all like juiced up. Juiced. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. What was? So do you remember your first casino? Was it Borgata? As yeah, well? it was Borgata. Yeah. Um. I actually surprisingly I had played up to like six twelve. But back then, I played so, like, nuts and bolts. I remember you playing 612, actually. That's funny. I do remember that. Um, And I had never gotten all in in 612. It wasn't until I switched over to 1-2-no limit. And I remember I had pocket eights. And, I like, I vividly remember this. And the feeling, like, my heart was, like, jumping <laughs> out of my chest. I actually had quad eights versus another dude aces over eights. And it was the very first time I went all in because I was such a nit. I would never go. I all remember. In. I yeah, it's funny that we're doing this because I remember you playing six twelve for a while before you. Yeah, I played that. that for a real long time, and I just remember like scooping that pot, and it was like <laughs> you know like four hundred, five hundred yeah. bucks at the time. You're I'm like, like, what's limit oh poker? My God! <laughs> limit, I was like what? so juiced. I like called my boy for my like singular nokia one i'm like dude i just played snake and i just got a full i just busted into it a full house oh it was great it was great but yeah i like i vividly remember it was the first time and i won and then i've lost multiple times all in since then so. all right so i, I had it because i asked the, the poker crush i mean i thought you were gonna go more celebrity but you went poker crush with that that's fine uh so what is your favorite poker movie that is not rounders Oh, oh, the grand, grand. Yeah, uh, yeah, right here. yeah, right here. That wasn't playing. That's a funny yeah, movie. That's a great movie. It's like a spoof on. It's like a spoof comedy on poker, but it's it's actually it's definitely an underrated. It's it, really good. It's definitely yeah. underrated. Check it out. We might have to do a movie. We sh we should do some different movie reviews of like some like underground kind of poker movies. That might be a good one to do in the future. I mean, there aren't many out there that focus strictly on poker playing like yeah like, like the gambler they tried to put that twist on it and you're like oh i can't wait till that comes out and you watch it and you're like, like so one, disappointed yeah, it's like one scene um molly's game was good like that had a lot of lot to do with like playing but it didn't really have much poker playing it had a lot about like the, the, just the games and out, like the hidden world of poker did you see mississippi grind um i did see that that's pretty good but yeah. it, it mix, that mixes other things into it it's yeah. more like a like gambling story yeah yeah, I would say the grand. Check it out. It's funny. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying. To, who's in that? That's that Woody Harrelson's in there. Who's on else on there? David Cross. Yep. 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 Chris Parnell. Yeah, it's definitely an underrated. Yeah, it's film. good. It's good. Did I snag that poster from? 
I forget where it was. It was like they were like one of those like bins where they're just gonna throw them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh snap! And it's a like straight to DVD like poster. So I gotta fix a little bit. Yeah, that's that's an original poster I got. Yeah, when I bought the DVD pack, it came with the poster, but it was all folded up, so you can't mm. get the lines out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right, you're up. Um. All right. All right, so we'll end with a poker question. We'll go back to the 80s, 90s. Wait, um, what are you, I'm on nine. How did I get yeah, one? Yeah, nine? I have two more. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, you're going to end with it. I got you. We're going to end with a poker question. Gotcha. So, switching gears. Hulk Hogan or Randy the Macho Man Savage? Oh, Macho Man. Macho Man. My Twitch followers know I am a Macho Man fan. I, I dress up like Macho Man every year. You've never seen it. <laughs> it's actually hilarious. Because I would troll Listen, the crap out of you. It's so funny. Dude, I wear a bandana with ski mask and like I do the whole voice like, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> dude, and I do it and we do it for like donations oh, and stuff for man. like charity. But That's dude, great. Macho Man is my yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean, I, look, <laughs> as a little kid, Hogan was the man, but I just feel like Macho Man, he had so much more personality that just made you just love him like he was just great growing up and that's i feel like that's the one thing that like wrestling nowadays is is missing and again we have a nerd enthusiast wrestling podcast it's great um chris and kyle they do a really great job they're into it they're total nerds with it and we talked about this um before is that a lot of a lot of wrestling now they don't have the personality or like yeah. or like like the, the story the story yeah. to go with them it's you know there was just so joe, much joe smith and Ron. you know it's like just playing like it was it was joe. like a soap opera built into what it was and it was just great like yeah and as you know you didn't know it was fake until <laughs> you know you were a certain age and you were like so i remember i was just so disappointed like wait a minute macho man hogan didn't really steal <laughs> macho man's girl that was all scripted like <laughs> oh it was great so yeah i was a macho man fan um what is your guilty pleasure poker hand like the hand that you know you shouldn't play but you're like oh this looks so good oh dude seven six suited really 100 like any, yeah. yeah okay it's like i rarely and i mean rarely fold that <laughs> Like, I'll open, and if someone three-bets me, I'm probably going with it. Um, it's definitely, like, one of my favorite hands. And other than Jack-10, I think That's... it has, like, the most odds to, like, to win or to, like, bust another hand. Like, I remember reading in a book. I can't remember what. But, like, those two hands, 7-6 suited and Jack-10 suited, have, like, the best possibilities to crack big hands yeah so jack 10 is my guilty pleasure i yeah, it's probably I've, the same reason i've tightened up a lot more with it but i would play too much out of position certain spots i shouldn't have played it in but jack 10 was is my guilty pleasure hand yeah yep yep um all right so your last question and right? it adds up to 13 so like i was born the 13th month 13 is my favorite number like 0513 i'm a total nerd see i didn't think that far into yeah it. it's i mean look my nerd sorry um all right so i get you get one, one more than you're done. Yeah. Okay. So, would you rather flop the nuts or suck out on the river? Oh, flop the nuts. I did. Some people like I like the the rush of like getting there. I'm like, dude, I want to know like on the flop, like it's mine to control. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm like, that's it, game over. Like I hate the feeling of there, like there's that one card to come to destroy me. Like I I want the ultimate nuts, like right on the flop, give it to me, game over. Like give me the full house on the flop. And I'll just ride it out from there. Yeah, huh? see, that's that's where we differ. You like? I mean, listen, <laughs> flopping the nuts is great, but yeah. then you always like 
for me, I'm always like, man, how much should I bet to keep this person in? Or should I bet or shouldn't I bet or whatever? Mm -hmm. But when you spike that, like, <laughs> you know, that river card, that, like, four percenter, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or that, you know, that two outer. Yeah. And you're just like, boom, baby, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's the ultimate I mean, yeah, feeling. It's a great it's feeling. It's the ultimate feeling. Um, yeah, so personally, it's definitely sucking out in the river, especially if it's against someone that, you know, has been giving it to me. I don't really like. It's like vindication. All right, here's my last question. What is one casino or place that you have not been to yet that you would like to go play? Casino or place, or like maybe a place that has a an event or something like that. Somewhere you want to, you would like to travel to play. Hmm. I mean, I've played in a lot of different places. Probably California. That's the same. Thing. I have I haven't been I haven't been to California. I was supposed to go this past year. I was supposed to go to San Diego, but that fell through. Um yeah, I'd like to go see like Commerce Casino and some of the bigger casinos out there and, and give that give that a try. See how that is, see how those games are. Yeah, there's some like legendary like I from a lot of books I've read, there's just like legendary places I just would like to just go and play, like the bicycle and just some of those places. Um yeah, California is actually on my list. It's one place I have not played in yet. So I would love to go out there. I was actually really close to going with one uh, a couple years ago for a circuit event, and it just didn't pan out. But I would love to try. That's the one place I would travel. Yep. Yep. All right. So that's it, right? Yeah. All uh, right. Yeah. Hope so, you guys like that little bit about us. Get to know us a little bit. Um, all right. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna move on. Um, so a little topic here and we'll get into another one right into that. Um, so just announced on playpennsylvania.com as of today, uh, this Friday, or it might be past when you hear this about like a couple days, but Friday, October 16th, uh, the poker room at Mount Airy Casino, uh, is reopening their first poker room and the Pennsylvania gaming, uh, board gave them 12 tables. Uh, that they're going to open up. Now, I don't know if it says in here if it's like seven-handed or whatnot. I did not see that. It, does, it doesn't say it. No, so it doesn't say The rumor was it was seven-handed. Now, the other flip side of that, Pennsylvania, New Jersey slash Atlantic City uh, and all the Delaware casinos and Connecticut and only one in New York is open. So pretty much the Northeast has been shut down completely, completely for the last six months. Uh, Pennsylvania is reopening up this week. Um, let me ask you this first. If Atlantic City opened up, would you go play? Um, I would say, yeah, I would go play just to see what it was like, just to see if it's something that I could see myself doing on a more regular basis. Like, obviously, you know, I, I want to get a feel for it, especially if the new restrictions that they have with the or you having to wear a mask or whatever um, becomes like a mainstay for a while. I want to be able to see if it's something that I personally can um, you know, deal with. And then I kind of want to have an opportunity to report back to other people to say like, look, it's not as bad as you think. Because I think a lot of players are very skeptical and they're, you know, some are just kind of annoyed that they would even have to go through that. Um, I, I think... So I think for me, and we, I think we're kind of on the same page here. Like we both obviously believe in the virus, so we know it's yeah. real. We're not I mean, like yeah. these like there's no doubt in that. We're not like hoax people. Like oh, mm -hmm. it's not real, but at the same time, I think it's very hypocritical that you are going to have roulette tables open, blackjack tables open, 
doing the same exact thing. You're passing chips back and forth. Yep. You're touching the cards in blackjack. You're sliding them back and forth. You're literally doing the same exact thing. You have someone standing across from you. You're actually probably, the blackjack tables are actually, even though they're supposed to be spaced out, you're still probably closer than you will be on a poker table yeah. anyway. Mm -hmm. So I think that, yes, I believe it's real, but I do believe if you're going to open that, I don't understand the difference of that. Now, the original executive order for Atlantic City said that they could open up, but it was like four-handed poker, and no one wants. No to play one's it. playing four-handed. No one wants to play four-handed no. poker. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe like some super high roller cash game. Maybe they will want to play that, but I mean, no one wants to play four-handed poker. I, I think minimum. I think you're going to see is at least seven players is what you're going to see. Delaware, same thing. They're all closed down. Connecticut's closed down. Um, I think that once this Mount Airy poker room opens up. I think it might open up the floodgates. There's been rumors. I reported on a rumor that I had some inside information on. Parks is supposed to be opening up in the next uh, five to six weeks. Probably by the time you hear this, probably about five weeks. Uh, that should be open. But that's just cash games. I don't think... When do you think we're going to see a tournament? Oh, I don't know. Like I a, mean... Like a, like I'm not talking like a daily. Like I'm talking like, a, like an big, event. Yeah. Like an event. Um, well, like we reported on last, uh, last month... Uh, with the Venetian, their series is just coming to a close. We actually got in contact with uh, the tournament poker room manager out there, threw him some questions. He's going to be giving us a response about how things went out there with that event. Probably touch on that in a future podcast. But um, I, I think I think the first step is is exactly what's happening. They're going to see how the cash games go and then open it up to most likely dailies. You'll probably see Borgata, some of the smaller casinos. Maybe even um, Bally's, or, you know, Caesars, whatever, start having small dailies, and then they'll just go from there. I, I don't think we're going to see a tournament series on the East Coast at, at least spring, you know, March, February, I, I March, think, April of next year at the earliest. I don't think we're going to see one until next summer. You don't think? No. I don't think you're going to see a major event series until next summer. I th that's just my opinion because I think it's just going to – you're going to copy and paste last year's, like, trend – you're going to have the numbers going through the roof because you're going to have your normal flu season happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to spike in February and March like it does every year. People are going to freak out again, or hopefully there's a vaccine, but it's going to take a while for everyone to get it. I my If I had a bet, I'm going to say next July we'll see our first. Now, this is Northeast. We're not talking about elsewhere. I'm talking about strictly Northeast. And what's, I think we talked about this before, but it's like, I'll probably say it again. I feel like we have such – the Northeast player, I felt like in the last couple of years, had such an advantage – over the rest of the world. I mean, you saw every year, I and mean, I've been thinking about doing some kind of like report on it for uspoker.com. There's been literally a bracelet event winner, not include, I mean, obviously this year because of the WSP online, but yeah. there's literally for the last, I think, eight years, there's been a WSOP player that, I mean, it's someone that's won a bracelet, like a live bracelet that's been from New Jersey or Pennsylvania. Every year there's like one yep. or two because yep. like it's, there's just so many tournaments here. You have online poker, you have, Live tournaments literally every single week in the Northeast. And yeah. you can travel within an hour yeah. or two, and you're at a live major series. And I'm not talking like a daily. Like we're talking like 500, 1,000 player fields. So I think we've been so spoiled here. And I hope that our curve of like player knowledge doesn't drop down. You know, we fall off the guns. I felt like we had an advantage. Like we got to Vegas, and I feel like I don't know. I know. Yeah, we, I know you feel like this because we talked about it. I feel like I would get away with so many more aggressive yeah, things sure. mm -hmm. in Vegas that would never work. Well, that's here. like we said, like. You know, not not to beat a dead horse, but we talked about like going and playing the cash games at like the Flamingo. Granted, it's still Flamingo, 
they might have a certain type of reputa reputation to, you know, the high echelon poker players. But again, we would go in there and it would be like, I don't want to say like shooting fish in a barrel because look, I am not a great player <laughs> by any stretch of the word, but we would go in there and confidently be able to beat the game, be like really, really exploit some, some glaring <laughs> holes in people's games and walk away, you know, up a couple hundred, even a couple thousand dollars by the end of the trip. Yeah. Um, that would never work on the East it Coast. It would never. It would if never. You ever, if you ever come to places like the Brigada, some places in the Northeast, even like parks, like you'll find, some people might call it easy, depends on how your style of game is, but it's very aggressive. Yeah. Very aggressive player in the Northeast. There's a lot more, I, I, there's a lot more money that floats around up here in the Northeast. You get some people that just don't give a shit and they're just literally you know, real, real aggressive with their money. And you don't see that as much. I mean, granted, like I said, this is low limit stuff we're talking about. We're talking about one, three, yeah. two, five range. We're not talking about like the big stuff, but just, you know. I mean, and also you got to look at it too. Vegas is a, is like a tourist attraction. Mm -hmm. Whereas most people come in Atlantic City, like granted, yes. Do people come here for tourism? A hundred percent. But it's mostly people coming from New York, Pennsylvania, you know, maybe even as far south as say like Virginia, Maryland, like it's 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 not really an escape for them. Whereas Vegas, you have people coming from all over the country, all over the globe to go play poker, and they've never they've never even played in a casino yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. So you, the the you know the experience level of the players in Vegas compared to the the people we're playing with in Atlantic City is is you know by and far you know drastically different we i took a trip to two casinos in the last um month and a half i guess so i finally ponied up and i said you know what a couple of my buddies we said we're gonna go down first we went down to mgm national harbor which i have been to before and then we went to maryland live which shockingly i've never been to it just it was just never like whenever there was a series going down on there there was always something going on here and i just never floated down there so now wait, National Harbor is is that the one? National is that Harbor. the casino where the room? It's like it's like a very big room and it's split up. Like it's like on two separate sides, kind of like a U shape. Um, like there's a, there's a room and then there's like kind of a space in the middle and it kind of wraps around like in a U. I don't, uh, I don't think so. I don't think we're sitting in the same. Is room. that near the giant Ferris wheel? It there's like a huge Ferris wheel there. There is at MGM National Harbor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, I so, played there before where they call out the random seat. The random seat, the random table for the lucky, high hands. Lucky, yeah, the lucky, lucky seat. seat. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. So I've been. I'll start with this. MGM National Harbor. My experience is what it was like. Um. So the MGM National Harbor is the first time I had played live poker since literally March tenth or sixth. Or I don't know that first whatever that first weekend in March was or whatever. Because I actually played in uh, WSP uh, Atlantic City Circuit event and. I remember it was like getting awkward. Like it was to the point where this is before they shut that shut it down. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got it. It was like that weekend right before everything shut down. Yeah. And things were getting awkward. Even at the poker table, people were like not wearing masks yet, but people were like hand sanitizing and people were kind of joking about it. But at the same time, it's like a weird fear in the air. It felt awkward yep. playing. Yep, yep. And we didn't know. So that was the last time I played. So the first time I played was last month um, in September. So this it was the longest that I've gone without playing live poker since I started playing poker. So uh, we went there, we traveled down there, specifically just to play cash. We got down there. First off, it was packed. We had to wait two hours for a seat. Wow. And they have, I'll look it up. I can't remember what time. 
I mean, they're a pretty decent sized poker. No, mix. I remember. I it's not like this little ten table. No, it's big. That's why I said I think I think it's like a U shape. Like, <clears throat> I remember being cut off from a complete other side of of the poker room. Um, you probably can't get an aerial view, but I think that's how they split it up. So they have forty six tables there. Yep. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yep. Is that what you? Yeah. So or? see, see. See here? Yeah. There's this goes all the way back and then yeah. it goes all the way so it is a U. Okay. It, I understand what you're see, saying. See, and then there's this split which goes upstairs at the break. Yep. So it, all these tables were full. It, it, now it's it was seven handed um poker. They have the dividers up and um the first thing we did, we were like, Okay, we put our names on the list, we went to eat and then we came back. And then we got on tables when we got back. But literally it was a two hour wait. And this was like I think we got down there. I mean, granted, it was a Friday. So we got there on a Friday afternoon. I think we got there by about 4 or 5 o'clock. And it was packed by, like, by 5 o'clock, it was just jam-packed. Mobbed. Yeah. So we got there. We got our chips. We sat down. I got seated. Now, this is the first time I'm playing on Divider with a mask, with a hat on, you know. And so I'm sitting right here where I am in the middle of the poker table. It was his first seat. And I was right in the middle. And I automatically got... I don't say overwhelmed. I don't think that's the right word, but there was a lot going on because I was right in the central divide. So it almost felt like I was playing like bug eye because I was seeing all these different like views out of my eyes and it was bothering me because like I would see like almost like a double of someone here it. Mm -hmm. and it was just weird. So right in the middle it was really hard to see the splits and I felt out of the groove. I did not feel comfortable at all for the first like hour or two. Um, I would just felt really out of place. Is that just poker wise or because of like both? I felt like weird. Like it just like you were doing something like wrong, kinda. Um, a little yeah, a little bit, but it was more just like uncomfortable, like it just it didn't feel like poker. Like you're like, okay, you know, like that drive in, yeah. like all hyped up. Yeah. You sit down, get your chips, you got your drink, your Red Bull, your you know, whatever. You start bullshitting with people. Like there was none of that. There was no talk. No one was talking. Really. And if someone did talk, you're like, What? What are you saying? Because the mask and you couldn't yeah, so you're wearing a mask and you got a thing. So the conversations, you couldn't really have conversations. Someone's trying to talk to me like next to me for a second. I'm like, What what are you saying? Like it just felt out of place like everything fell out of place so then a uh, i was like i was having trouble seeing so the first seat change that came was like the nine seat or technically be the seven seat now so i took that and that was clear because it was only like one view kind of like the way it was split and it was only split here so on my eyes it was easier for me to sit that way than here the divider in the middle just completely skewed my attention um surprisingly i did well though like i actually played really solid we played like i think a six or seven hour session we put in oh wow nice and i ended up making a few hundred bucks like it was a, it was a solid session like i played solid but it was like the social aspect gone gone yeah it, and it felt you know for especially like cash game like one of my things like i like getting in people's heads a little bit like people end up hating me by the time they're done playing with oh, me absolutely so <laughs> you know I like that aspect because I can get in someone's head a little bit, but there is none of that. Like, I mean, I think three, four hours in, I just took out my iPad and started watching like a movie on my iPad. So it was just so, it, it was like so blah, it was so vanilla. Now, what about, um, I don't know, I don't want to say like the luxuries, but it was like, did they have drink service or was like, like how, how was that whole like casino experience side of things? Because look, when I go, normally I don't drink, but if I'm going somewhere else, like if I'm going down, like say national harbor and not ac i'm gonna have you know a couple mm. drinks so 
they, they did have drink service. The one thing that I, <laughs> I, I don't think this was a rule before. I don't think it was, but um, I realized it afterwards. The one thing that stood out, and maybe this was always a rule there, and I just didn't know. You are not allowed, and I think this is for the cash reason to, to switch cash. But when you're in the cash outline, you're not allowed to sell chips to other players and pass your chips on to other players for cash. Oh, really? Yeah, so I would do it. It was funny because, like, I'm in the back of the line, and I had, I don't know how much I had, but, like, I had probably five, 600 bucks or whatever I cashed out for, bought for 200 made, like, a couple hundred profit. And so I'm in the back of the line, and there was some dude with, like, handful of cash. He's like, count cash. I'm like, dude, you need some chips. And he was, like, kind of, like, shady about it. And he's like, and so, like, he, like, kind of did it on the sly. I'm like, what the fuck is this dude doing, right? Because I'm not used to, I'm used to just selling yeah, chips yeah, yeah, to anybody. Yeah, uh-huh. No, you're right. And so I sold him chips. And then another girl was, like, behind me. And she only had, like, 100. And I still had some. I was like, you need chips. And she's like, like same thing. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, uh, I get it. Because they're probably sanitizing the chips as they come in. So then when I get to the front of the line, there's a big sign that says, Don't sell chips. Don't sell chips or you will be banned out. <laughs> it literally said, Oh my God. You will be banned from the poker room and you'll be escorted out. I sort of got some big sign right there in the front. I was like, Oh, snap. Like, I'm like, All right. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if that was a rule before, but most poker places, they let you um, just cash out chips or whatever. But. Yeah, so anyway, that was the whatever difference. You can't eat the table, which I don't know if that was a rule before at all, but I know most places are banning that anyway. Like, you can't eat at the table. Uh, you can still drink at the table. Like, you could have drinks or whatever, but there was no eating at the table. Um, um, what about uh, the frequency of changing the deck? Did you see that? More? Yeah, like, I think it was every time a dealer came, they just took the whole deck off and brought in a new deck every single time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so when a dealer was... You know, every to- every thirty minutes, a new deck. Oh, okay. new, instead of just switching out the one deck, I think a whole new set came in, and the other one went out. If mm-hmm. I remember correctly, that's but they weren't. Were they doing the whole? You know, like checking the deck, spreading it, counting. Um, I feel like they were, but not as frequent. Now you think, now you say that, I don't think it was as frequent as no. I'm used to. Like every hand, it wasn't like that. Um, they have hand sanitizer on the table. You know, the dealer's obviously wearing a mask. Um, but that's the other thing too. Like sometimes you know you get those dealers that are like kind of fun and they're like joking with you a little bit or like they're Everyone's a little friendly, quiet. Yeah, you know, it just it was just it was a weird, it was a weird place to be. It felt weird. And then so then we went down part two of this. We went down uh, about two weeks later. We went down to MGM Live or no, Maryland Live. I'm yep, sorry, Maryland, Maryland Live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time there. Um, it's like in a weird. Um, it's like in a mall parking lot. Yeah, yeah, right? I've been there. Oh, you've been there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, side note, when I was driving out, there's a Medieval Times there, <laughs> and I was like, "This is some kind of prop bet right here." I was like, "Dude, this is definitely a prop bet. Like, loser or whatever has to pay for <laughs> like, us, to- <laughs> like cable guy." <laughs> so it's closed currently, but in the future, my brain was already spinning for prop bets. So if you guys can think of something, drop it in comments. <laughs> I was like, "Oh." Um, and so MGM, what I keep saying, MGM, Maryland live, they had a daily tournament. So that's what we went down for on a Saturday morning. Same thing. Seven players, um, tables, they end up getting about a hundred people in the tournament. Oh no. So this was a tournament, not a match game. This was a tournament, daily tournament. It was like a $300 buy-in. Um, they did get like a hundred people and that was pretty cool just to play tournament. Now I felt a little more comfortable because I knew what to expect. And you'd already been, yeah. So I knew what to expect. It was only a couple weeks later. Their divider is clearer. Like, I sat in the middle there, and I was able to see better. 
So I, they're divided the way it's like I got a, it's got a more of a curve on it. Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain. What, like no, I get it with the angles. Yeah, yeah so yeah, it's yeah. more curved and not like straight as the uh, MGM one. So I, I don't know. For my eyes, it was easier to see. I felt more comfortable playing. I didn't do as well. I didn't do great. I only I ended up down a little bit because I played cash afterwards. I made a little back. Um, but uh, I felt more comfortable there. It was nice seeing a tournament. It ran just the same as a normal tournament would. But then again, same thing. No real conversation. Just kind of like dead poker. Just one of those tables you get on where everyone's quiet. Like when you're on a table, like all those grinders that are there like Monday to yeah. Friday. That's what it felt like. But it wasn't. There was like, I could tell, like I was watch, trying to watch people and you could tell there were some noobs there like that would usually you conversate with and get things flowing. But um, there was... No, it's like very, very little conversation. No, I haven't been. Um, like I said before, you already asked. You know, once AC kind of opens up, I definitely want to go and check it out. The one question I had is with um, the dividers, and I've spoken to a couple like dealers. Some dealers, you know, they deal in such a way where like, you know, they're flicking cards. Did you see a lot of missed deals because of the dividers? Like, were there a lot of cards getting flicked that were hitting? hitting the plexiglass or or did did the was the game slower because the dealer had to focus more on getting the cards underneath the divide definitely a little slower on the deal um and the one kind of little error i kept seeing was with the dealer button because like the, the way the divider is so sometimes you couldn't see the dealer button and so like it would throw the dealer off because it was like behind like the corner mm -hmm. and like they had to like i mean just little things that like throw it off by like a couple seconds but that thing that obviously adds up over a lifetime uh, so that was kind of awkward and like you couldn't see the dealer button like there's I got a dealer button here actually so like if it was like it'd be like it's hard to see but like if this is the divider and sticks out a little bit it'd be like stuck here yeah, and you're like yeah. where's the divider at and then like the dealer forgets like caught in a blind spot yeah. yeah so it was a little weird for that that was the only kind of real issue it definitely was a little bit slower for the deal like they weren't super chugging because you have like a small little tight area that you have to fit it under yeah so they're just used to just like throwing to the spot but now it's yeah. tight so yeah I now that you bring that up it definitely was a little bit slower for sure that's because that's you know, not to get off topic, but that's one of the things I have a couple buddies that, that still deal. Um, and I kind of was bouncing things off them, get their feedback. And they're like, yeah, I'm just kind of concerned about my style of dealing because, you know, some guys, they have it down. Like, that's the other thing, too, is now that I think about it, you're right, because the divide. Okay, so this is we're on a poker table now. I don't know if they can see how low this is, but um, the divider was like right here, right? So some dealers airborne it you know what i mean like that's what i mean yeah so like it might not land till like right here uh -huh. so like yeah you have to be like really down now i think yeah. about it that's funny right up they gotta be real down low they can't be air flicking, flicking it, it where it lands here and like slides so, in because yep, yep, yep. if it hits that window or the core even the corner it's gonna maybe flip more so they gotta like more like slide it low so yeah no definitely for the the guys that like air it out a little more uh i could see that definitely being an issue yeah yeah definitely be an issue um, so anyway, that was my experiences. Um, I'm hope we'll have some more coming up. Hopefully, some of these other places open up soon. Yeah, if the, if the like, I mean, I definitely would like to take a trip to one of these other places a little bit closer. If Parks gets off the ground, like you said, in a couple weeks, or you know, I heard similar rumors where Gada was 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 mulling around the idea of opening their poker room, but that's just, you know, that's not talking to an executive. That's just talking to players who know people who know. Yeah. So. Everything right now is still in kind of a hold pattern. Um, waiting for some of the more restrictions to get lifted. I mean, look, you know, the numbers aren't lying. 
we're starting to kind of go back up, especially here in New Jersey. You know, yeah, numbers are rebuilding. The, the number of of confirmed cases, not necessarily deaths or hospitalizations, just like positive tests, are going up. So let's hope that we don't revert back um, and we just keep moving forward. Um, just for you know, poker's sake, and just for you know, the health and safety of of, of people just in general. So it's Halloween. It's it's spooky month, October. Um, so we decided that we were going to do a Halloween slash I don't know if you want to call it horror. Yeah, it's kind of horror. Halloween horror slash poker movie that we were kind of looking for something yep. to do. So the movie that we picked uh, was this movie called Poker Nights. I'll give you a little rundown of it before. And we'll talk about our review of it. Uh, the movie came out in 2014. I believe it was a straight to DVD. I don't know. It might have had like a limited release like in the theaters. Um, did have some decent names in it, which we'll talk about. Uh, some people that you definitely would recognize. But uh, came out in 2014. Uh, just I'll give you a quick little synopsis background. It's basically about a detective who goes to this like veteran poker uh, cop um night poker night and they start sharing stories and then yeah, like war stories yeah like war stories about being a cop while they're playing poker and then it goes for a turn when the main character is like kidnapped and we'll get into that a little bit but um yeah so i don't know i i have i have <laughs> spoiler alert listen <laughs> i mean look it's worth checking out only because you know, it does have a poker theme to it. Yeah. I, I'll say this. If you're looking for, like, a poker night, you're not going to really get much along the lines of poker. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it was you know, a decent hour and 45-minute, you know, movie, uh, especially because of the cast. You want to go over some of the people that are Yeah, in? so, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know these people's names, but I just know them from the series I've watched them in. Well, Ron Perlman, so that's Ron Hellboy. Um, yeah, and then the big one also is um, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, who is what Gus Fring? Gus Fring from Frank. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. So and then Ron Perlman's from Sons. He's the dude Clay in Sons of Anarchy. So, um, and then John that Giancarlo Esposito. He's in the Boys series as the uh, he's the oh, incumbent yeah. uh, for season two. The yeah. incumbent runner of um, Voight or Vault or whatever yeah. however you want to pronounce it. So there's definitely um, there's definitely some like known people in there, and this came out in 2014 when you're talking like height of Breaking Bad, height of um, what's Ron Perlman now? Sons, Sons of Anarchy. Mm -hmm. So like you're like okay, you know, I think seeing that cast, you're probably like, oh, this is gonna be solid. Um, it was not so solid in my opinion, but here's my thought on it personally, and this is where it all came down to in the end was the ending was like they throw in like four twists at the end yeah there are a lot of twists There's, i'm like i'm like is this movie ever gonna end or are we just gonna keep throwing twists after like i think that they went with I, and listen i don't care just spoiler alert, we're throwing it out there so if you ever watch it you're gonna see i think that they should have just ended it with him dying on that front lawn yeah. i think it would have been a hundred times better because it just ends at a solid spot and you're like, oh shit, he totally got. Well, him. we're not really giving anything away because when the movie opens up, if you are gonna oh, yeah. watch it, it opens up with the main character dying on the front like, lawn. Like like on the front lawn. He's got blood all over him, gunshot wound. Um I thought it was a little bit reminiscent of the Saw movies. 
Yeah. Just because of of mm -hmm. those twists. Yeah. Um, it felt like I I don't know I should have maybe dug a little deeper in this. It almost felt like they took two movies and they're like, we have these two scripts. What are we gonna do with them? Let's just put them together. Throw them together and see what happens. Because like you have like the war stories and then you have this other story. And so that's the other thing too. If you're not paying attention and you walk away for five minutes, you're gonna miss like there's like all these like. They're jumping around. Constantly. Yeah, you can't be in your phone like texting or, or fooling around. If you're gonna if you're gonna watch the movie, you gotta kind of watch. Yeah. Cause you'll look up and you're like, yo, what what's going on? Because like, who's this dude? That... What happens is is during the war stories of the poker game, the actual main character is I don't want to say he's superimposed, but he takes the role of the person telling the story. So it's not really say like. Giancarlo Esposito, you're seeing the main character Thank act, you. Yeah. act as that person. Yeah, so that's my girlfriend, like, stopped paying attention for a minute, and she's like, wait, wasn't he just chasing? And so I'm like, yeah, it's definitely one of those movies that you're like, wait, what is happening here? <laughs> yes. Who is yes. this? So if you walk away for five minutes, you're, like, totally confused of what's happening. I mean, it's easy to follow if you're actually watching it, but it's just it's just over the top. You're like, they just keep jump. There's too many jumps. Like, you know how, like, a good movie has, like, maybe one or two flashbacks, and it, it raw. There's like six flashbacks. Yeah. And then you're like, what does yeah. this scene have to do with this? Um, I mean, I'll say the main the main serial killer psychopath who does the kidnapping, his ensemble, like yeah. his mask, listen. Legit. It's pretty terrifying. Like your kids, they'll probably have nightmares <laughs> over this thing. Because it you see the cover, check it out. You can look at it. It's I mean, it's pretty scary. You yeah. you don't know if it's like a monster, but you've Shortly after the movie opens, you know that it's a guy wearing a mask. Yeah. Now, here's my other beef with the movie. First, these are the two things I hated about the movie. The the plot ending twist. Like I said, they should have just stuck with the one ending and it would have been perfect. Like, I don't want to say perfect, but it would have ended and you're like, oh, wow. Like, it hits you. Like, yeah. damn. But then they just keep going and going and you're like, come on, what what is this? Uh, it, again, it felt like they wrote like four endings and they were just like, we don't know what to do here. So just throw them all in there. Like, that's what it felt like. <laughs> just throw every ending in there. Yeah. No, no director's cut. Just throw them all in there. Okay, night. And we'll just throw it in there. The other thing I hated, and I, you know, I'm not going to go too much into it, but just the, the cop angle of some of the stuff, I was like, come on, dude. This it, is so, like, he, the one part, like, Basically, he hooks up with, like, a 17-year-old, yeah, right? Yeah. I wrote that in my notes. This chick's underage, and he's the daughter of one of his co-workers. Okay, so that's the point. That's the first point, right? This dude's daughter is kidnapped, right? And, and, and he's the main suspect. And all of a sudden, I mean, you find this out after the fact. But you're like, dude, this dude's really going to show up to a poker night with his boys and, like, drink and hang out when his daughter's, like, yeah. missing, like, a week and a half earlier. First off, get real. That's not going to happen. And second of all... The fact that this dude, like, basically hooked up with a 17-year-old. And then, at the end of the movie, right, they, like, give him his job back. Like, first off, in real life. <laughs> Are you going to say what happens? Uh, yeah, because I don't give a well, shit. No, no. How, keep going. Keep going. We'll see if we... Because I had that, too. Go, go, go. So, basically, at the end, uh, he gets his job back and uh -huh. tries to hunt the serial killer down, right? Uh-huh. Because he wrongly gets convicted at first. And the girl wakes up from a coma and then says that it wasn't him <laughs> yeah, or whatever, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. But the girl's still underage. Like, so here's the uh -huh. thing. Okay, yeah, he didn't commit the murders, and you're going to see that point. After, after you watch the movie, you're going to be like, oh, I understand what you're saying. Uh -huh. But they're like, first off, let me just let me explain this. No police department in that traumatic of a situation would ever give that dude back. Even yeah. if he was right, they'd be like, bro, sorry, you are not yeah. coming back here. You And then, second of all, even though he didn't commit the murders, like, bro, you, we're going to let you slide on this because you hooked up with that 17-year-old because, like, there's a whole murder scene investigation. 
but we can't let you come back to work here. You're banging 17 year olds. Like, sorry, dude, yeah. not going to work. Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, he starts chasing the serial killer. And this is what really pissed me off. And I think this part ruined a lot of it for me. Like, the point of Poker Night is they learn all these lessons. So he learns these lessons and they try to connect them. And so that's kind of cool, but they, I don't think they do a great job of it. And they're like basically like, um, you know, he learned this lesson and that's how he's going to apply it to his next case. So he learns all these lessons and he talks about like, oh, I should have never went there alone. And then at the end, he's chasing the guy alone without any backup again. It's like, yeah. what are you doing, dude? Like it was, and then I don't know, just all the crappy cop haircuts. Like no cops have hair. Like Ron Perlman's got like an earring in. Oh, I love like, that. I love that. Um, <laughs> like what? Like no cops are looking like this. Like what is it? You know? I mean, not to beat a dead horse. You know, we kind of we kind of blasted this movie a little bit. I, I didn't I didn't dislike it as much as you did. I mean, I I enjoyed it. My negatives were, I mean, just the title in itself itself. Poker night. Look. I got into it. I'm like, nice. You're going to see some poker. Maybe it'll be, it's not worked into it at all. There's very little poker played. It's just, it, you know, the game part, like we already talked about, um, you know, the angle of having to see it through everyone's, you know, perspective. He kind of steps into that role. Very, very confusing. Like the one guy, um, Giancarlo Esposito, it takes him back to the 70s. He's wearing like an old school turtleneck, and all of a sudden, this dude's in like an old school turtleneck. Which like, that storyline had nothing to do Like <laughs> some of the other storylines, I got it. Like they connected a little bit, like with the thought and process, but like it, that one had nothing really to do with the rest of the movie. Now, nah, I know. Um, and then speaking about the ending, so which one? Because there's four. No, 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 no. The very end, and it's maybe something that you missed, but so he returns. He returns back to poker night at the end. At the end. And there's a new rookie. Yes. And he comes in and they're like, oh, hey, what's up, Captain? So now this dude has gone from getting promoted to detective. To Captain. To Captain. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? That one <laughs> is this dude? He looks the like same exact age. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, if you don't know anything about police He was girl, a rookie two months ago. <laughs> now he's a captain of the police department. Like, going to the detective usually takes... A, okay, so just break it down for you. Some people don't know military police world. Going to detective, that might happen after a year, two years, three years. Like, that that could be a promotional thing or whatever. Okay. But then there's steps in between. Like, there's, like, a corporal, a sergeant, yeah. um, a lieutenant, uh, maybe a first lieutenant, administrative sergeants. Like, there's all these spots in between. And then a captain is, like, up here. So, for you to go to, like, detective, the captain, in, like, a year and a half, like, either the whole department got fired and they're yeah. like, all you, right. You don't get promotions <laughs> for, for killing serial killers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you're chief this week. Way to go, dude. You got him. Now you're captain. <laughs> yeah. So, look, we're going to close the book on this. Poker Night, check it out. You know, give us your comments on it. it, it you know, let us know. Send us an email, a tweet, something if you're going to look into it. Yeah. I mean, it's an hour and 45 minutes. Your life will never get back. But at least <laughs> you'll be able to see some some big-name actors, um, you know, and get, get a laugh. I, I got a laugh out of a couple yeah, parts. Yeah, let of me it, know. So. And you know what? Let us know what other movies you would like us to see. Because I would like to do this, too. Like, Because I've seen a bunch of poker movies, some related, some hardcore poker, some old school stuff. And uh, I know Brian's seen a lot, too. So yep. we'll maybe, if you guys have some comments of ones you want us to talk about, we'll definitely talk about. Um, my overview, like I said at the end here, I think it had all the potential of being something. And it was like, you had all the ingredients, and then you put it in the oven, and it just came out, and you're like, what is this crap? Yeah. Like, it had all this potential to being good. I'm like, oh, yep, the actors, yep, yep. the story, and then. Sure. So, anyway, that's what we got for uh, this month's um, podcast. Um, check us out, Nerd Enthusiast Poker Podcast. You can check us out on Spotify, 
Uh, you can subscribe to us on Patreon. You can look at us at YouTube. We put up the uh, individual parts of the podcast on there. You can follow us on Twitter, which uh, we'll have pop up as well. And like I said, just comment. And then what's our what's our email? I don't do you know. Is it, uh, it Enthusiast Poker? I don't. Know. We'll <laughs> add it. Well, it'll be it'll be um, in in the uh, in the podcast at the end. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll add it in. We'll add it in or put it in the description. So if you have any questions or you want to talk about something specifically. Uh, for sure. But yeah, we'll be back uh, every month with a podcast of some points and keep checking us out. So thank you guys. Thanks guys. All right. See ya. See ya.